welcome to another episode of Coming Out Stories from What Goes On Media. It's a podcast about one of the most important conversations of your life. I'm Emma Goswell. Hey, listen, we've been busy bees in the last couple of months promoting our book. And yes, it does still feel very weird saying that. A big thank you to Diva Magazine, The Stylist, Radio 5 Live, Talk Radio, and even the World Service, to name but a few places we've cropped up talking about coming out stories. It is time, though, to get back to what we do best, talking to inspirational people from the LGBT plus community. So in this episode, I chat to a fellow published author, the graphic artist and writer Eleanor Cruz. She's behind the book The Times I Knew I Was Gay. Just wait till you hear the extremes that she went to to confirm her sexuality. I sort of came to the conclusion that I was really gay when I was in primary school and it was secondary school that sort of freaked me out and pushed me into this closet. So I would say definitely from the age of six to 11 and then 11, I, you know, changed school and and all of that went back in. You think you were sort of out as a six-year-old then or? I, I think I probably would have been able to come out sooner if I'd uh, stayed in that environment of just like complete mm. ease and comfort. But that's also just, you know, childhood. Um, you, you don't have any idea about the world yet. So that's my dreaming. Oh, you don't have so many hang-ups about gender, do you? Or, or what you're, how you're supposed to act, you know? No. Um, so I, I like to think that I would have come out earlier if I just stayed as confident as I was when I was really young. But yeah, I, sadly, <laughs> uh, I, let, I let secondary school get to me. But it gets to a lot of people. You're not the only one, that's <laughs> for sure. So what's, let's go back to when you were sort of six or 11, though. What sort of things were you doing that sort of singled you out, do you think, or, or made you feel like you're a bit different? Just um, completely obsessed with horror stories. And I went to a Catholic primary school. And um, I wouldn't say that everyone in my class was really Catholic. But, you know, I was definitely the most, like, I'm going to wear goth crucifix and I'm going to go to accessories and get studded cuffs that you would, um, mm. you know, like jewellery cuffs and, like, wristbands and everything was to do with skulls and black and pink and very um, Camden town in the uh, late 90s. That was my aesthetic. A goth child. I'm loving this. <laughs> yeah, very much encouraged by my parents as well. Uh, but, yeah, I'd say those were the things that... Um, made me stand out a little bit against my uh, peers. Yeah. So what changed when you went to secondary school then, you think? I just went from a really, like, really small primary school that was closeted in its own ways to a very big secondary school with just so many people. And I was really shocked when suddenly I'd gone from being, like, in the oldest class and I was shoved back to being the youngest class. And I had all these years to catch up. You know, I'd done all that work getting from reception to year six. And suddenly I was like back at the back at the bottom. It just really freaked me out. And also having all these people that I didn't know and, and a very small amount of friends from my primary school came with me. I was lucky that two of my best friends, it was, you know, the people who came with me were, were very close friends of mine. But you just didn't have that like ease in classes mm. and people would say things about you and, and I just didn't know how to really deal with it because I'd been in such a sort of like rosy-cheeked primary school. So you say people would say things about you. Did they spot you as being different and other? Mm. Yeah, yeah. And I talk about this a bit in my book. I was always picked out as, you know, being like an emo kid or being 
a goth or a scene kid and you know being different in that way I was never picked on for being gay I was never seen as gay like I didn't know no one else really picked that up about me but it was just more the way that I presented myself that I was aware that I was different well, I know from your book, you're, um, were, you, were you sort of distance as being different for being such a Buffy obsessive? Is that what it was? Yeah. Yeah, it was like what that led into, you know, I loved Buffy and then that meant that I loved vampires and I loved demons and I loved reading ghost stories. And, you know, I would often go to the library. So the first two years of secondary school, I usually spend my lunch break in the library reading because... It was just so much more comforting than, than having to be out in this absolutely massive playground with so many older children that I wasn't, um, I didn't really feel brave enough to be around them. So it did, I think it goes to show actually that, you know, a lot of the times on this podcast we talk about being bullied for, you know, homophobia or transphobia or, or, or something to do with your sexuality or gender. But actually it doesn't sound like it was particularly about that. It was about the sort of choices that you made socially, really. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I always felt it was about that, 100%. It was, it was just you know, wanting to wear more black eyeliner than... Um, <laughs> I mean, I'd, I'd encourage that, but I, I grew up in the 80s when eyeliner was very much encouraged for boys and girls. <laughs> um, so when did you decide you would definitely were uh, a homosexual then, do you think? <laughs> um, so that was when I... It was the last summer break before I went into the third year of my university. So last summer holiday, you know, official schooling summer holiday. And I was... 20. Wow, okay. Yeah, I thought you were going to say at school, but no, you were university age then, yeah. Yeah, most of my schooling. <laughs> yeah, it's like I said, it was mm. that I, I, I had one year of schooling out and then the rest of it was... Um, but did you ever get tarnished with that brush? Did people ever go, you know, oh, you're, you're into horror, you're into goth, but also you're a lesbian, you're a dyke. Did you get any of that? Um, no, I can't say that yeah. I did. What I did get was, oh, you're gay. Is that why you've cut your hair short? That's really stereotypical. Like someone actually said that to me and I thought, fuck you. <laughs> My hair looks nice short. I've tried to grow it long for years and years. My most heterosexual self, you know, appear attractive in, in a like, stereotypical woman way. And I love it short. So That's so funny. Do you know, I did the exact opposite. As soon as I realised that I was gay, the first thing I did was decide I was going to grow my hair long because I just couldn't cope with being a stereotype I just didn't want to be obviously yeah. I wasn't that out obviously I was like no I'm going to hide with my yeah. long hair and everyone will think that I'm straight because I've got no. long hair yeah. <laughs> oh god so how did it feel then discovering in the in your second year at university that you were gay how, was there something that brought it on or, or a person that brought it on I think I've been dallying with so many ideas of what it was that I was not confronting in my life and mm. and being at university did put me in a more like queer environment so I would speak to people more often and think and you know I guess like cogs maybe started to turn in my head where I was like oh maybe that's me that sounds cool that sounds more fun than what I'm doing and then in my second year I lived in a flat and I was um, surrounded by a lot of friends who you know one person was particularly going through like a similar thing to me of like kind of working out whether or not they were queer in some way and that was really helpful to sort of like have a consistent narrative like we were both sort of like oh like we can talk about these things together because we're like literally in the, in the same boat but she just wasn't maybe it wasn't it wasn't right for her and and it was right for me and so I sort of ended up having to like come out by myself and I stuck to it that final time and um 
it was a really it was a really strange year but it's just made for like just such a better way of of living yeah it's a lot easier on the outside of the closet for sure so who was who was the first person you told them was it someone at university that yeah so I was telling my housemates because because we all lived together I'd sort of like slowly come out bit by bit like it would be like so how are you feeling today and I'd be like yeah I think I am gay um but (laughs) (laughs) definitely more gay than Tuesday last week yes yeah no honestly that's that's what it was like I was like yeah I think I'm I'm right and then (laughs) I had a date with a guy I was still scrolling through tinder this whole time Hmm. um and I found this man and I was like oh shit this man is exactly who I've been saying like I need to find like he's tall he rock climbs he cooks he's older than me he's attractive he hikes he camps all of these things I was like I can't not try because Mm. this is literally what I've been saying I can't find a man like this so like nothing's working and I went on a date with him and it was just it just wasn't romantic and, and I knew I was like I, I gave myself like a run up to it I was like if it doesn't work you are gay and at the end of the day I was like yeah I'm gay uh, and then I told my brother so, so it sounds like that guy was like your litmus test like yeah exactly exactly so after that date I told my brother and he was my first official one hit I'm gay how was the convo yeah completely fine He'd come to my flat to help me move out and um, we'd gone out for a walk to get some lunch and I told him and he was really just sweet. I've got a very sweet, gentle older brother who's just lovely. So it was completely fine and it made me feel much bolder for telling my parents um, that coming weekend. Oh, okay. And how did it go with the rents then? Because that's always the big one, isn't it, really? Yeah, so I didn't actually have to tell my mum because they'd just come back from holiday and she sitting in the living room with me and she was like oh how did that date go and I was like mm, no so it was okay but I'm not going to see him again and then I don't know she was just sort of like probing a bit and then apparently I just turned to her with like the biggest sturgeon face and like so like oh mom and then she just said you don't like boys do you Ellie and I was like no um and then first thing she said was have you told your father and I was like no so she said go go and tell him and I went into the 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 dining room where my dad was on the computer and he was very very sweet and just hugged me and it was all it was all fine but yeah I think it was funny that my mum just knew to ask yeah but mums always know they have an uncanny knack of knowing don't they really but did you discuss it with her afterwards did she say Mm -hmm. oh yeah I can't even hear I was waiting for you to bring it up or I you know I thought for years and I was waiting for a way to speak about it or no yeah we did we had a lot of conversations like that but she um said that she just had no idea and it made her quite sad and just feeling like how could I have not known and I always say to her I was like well I didn't know so how could you have known you know I did everything I could to not know you know, just always talking about boys. You know, I was I was really, really stressed about the way I looked. I would always be like, I've got to have the most amazing hair and my makeup needs to be on point and, and always a fussing over the way that I was viewed, you know, by, by men. And and so I guess I couldn't really have given her any hint that I maybe, you know, maybe I was gay because I was yeah. I was doing so much to, to not not let that so it sounds like it was it was quite a revelation then in, in your second year at university even to yourself to sort of realize this yeah. and then did you go off like a lot of people do like to, like children in sweet shops and just go whoa i'm gay join all the societies go on thousands of dates you know uh no i think i was still quite nervous i really yeah. I, I was so happy i didn't go on loads of dates but i started to embed 
queer theory into every project that I could at mm-hmm. university. You know, I became that person who was like, well, if you read it this way, you will see that the relationship between this person and that person in that book could be read as this. <laughs> Did you revisit Buffy with, a, with that viewpoint? Uh, you know, what? I, I watched Buffy again quite you know, recently to coming out because I was completely obsessed with the L word, of course. Of course. Uh, that was on Netflix as I came out. And um, yeah, just completely obsessed. So what led you to, to putting pen to paper then and doing your book, really? Well, because I came out just as I was going into that final year, I was thinking, you know, what the hell am I going to do when I leave? I'd specialised in screen printing, which isn't really something that can be completely viable to a self-funded lifestyle. So I thought, you know, can I do something maybe online, like like a Tumblr comic or something? There's a comic book shop in London called Gosh. I, I know them quite well, and they asked me if I had a zine to sell in their small press section. And I thought, well, this is my chance to put this comic idea that I've had, you know, literally to paper. I don't have to do it online. I have a really great comic book shop behind me. That was the beginning. I sort of, I think I just came up with the title, Times I Knew I Was Gay. Well, it was just one of those things that just appeared, and I was like, that's a great title. It's quite an unusual title, isn't it? It's, it's like the times I knew I was gay. It's like you're not 100% yeah. convinced I'm gay, but there were all these times when I thought, oh, do you know what? I am gay. It's quite, yeah. it's quite a weird one, isn't it? Yeah, and I was thinking about it the other day, and I was like, maybe it should have been the times I didn't know I was gay. Yeah. I spend a lot more of my time in the book not knowing but it, yeah it's um it's a fun title and I, I I like the sort of like ambiguity of it yeah so it's it's autobiographical isn't it really it's your sort of coming of age story and discovering your own sexuality and your own place in the world yeah yeah definitely it's been called a memoir by my um publishing houses and that feels hmm. quite funny being 26 <laughs> with a memoir I have to wait a bit longer before I can back down to them but I'm guessing it is aimed at younger people, isn't it? I mean, it is. It's an illustrated cartoon format, isn't it? You are. You yeah. presumably you you made it because you wanted other, even younger people, to sort of read it who maybe hadn't gone through that process. I'm guessing, yeah. Yeah. So in the foreword of the book, I wrote a little note saying something like, "If I'd found this book when I was a kid or a teenager or a young adult, maybe I would have known a little bit more about myself." But sooner, and that was a really a big force behind me because I just think that so often you just don't really know what books are queer if they're not in an LGBT section. So I was a bit tired of like digging through books thinking, oh, can I find something that reflects me in this? And I, I wanted there to just be like, you know, at least one book that someone could go into a bookshop and see massive text. Times I knew it was gay, like across the room. Like, <laughs> okay, I can at least start there. And then there might be, you know, other stuff. I think it's a lot better now than it was, Ali. I remember in the 80s trying to dig out and read Radcliffe Hall, The Well of Loneliness. I mean, yeah. Jesus Christ, that's a battle, that is. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no, I've definitely done a lot of you know, backlog reading. My girlfriend lent me um, Tipping the Velvet maybe like two years into our relationship and I just became completely, completely obsessed with that book. Um, oh, Sarah Waters, yeah. I mean, she's a master writer. Yeah, she's incredible, isn't she? Have you never watched the TV show when it was on in the 90s? No, no, no. I think my friend, my friend who introduced me to Buffy watched it, but I actually just can't find it. I thought maybe I'd watch it while I was working, but I can't seem to discover it online yeah i'll have to have to dig it out yes you will well i think um if you watched that and you weren't a lesbian you would definitely be a lesbian by the end of watching that That (laughs) (laughs) yeah so normally (laughs) on the podcast um i tend to ask people what advice they might give to other young people coming out and i know your book's not about 
giving advice to people as such, is it? But you know, if you were if you were to do it again yourself, maybe Eleanor, would would there be anything that you'd do differently? Maybe I would hope that I could um, stay true to myself much more as an adolescent. I just wasted so much time being frantic about things that really didn't matter, and you know, it was exhausting try and you know believe in who you are and um let that just blossom because as you get older you'll become more confident in it that's a very good way of describing adolescence actually frantic about everything i think we all were a bit weren't we really and every little thing that happens to you seems like a massive obstacle and a massive mountain to overcome i just wish i'd stopped exacerbating it (laughs) i was like you know there's a a level amount of uh franticness Mm. being a teenager not to add any extra you've got enough as it is exactly and how much happy do you think you are now that you you know you did it on the second year of the university and come out oh I feel so different I was thinking about I was talking to my mum and my dad the other day and I said um you know I was always so aware when I was growing up how much love you gave me and all the space I had to be myself but I was always a very again like frantic and, and quite cagey person as a teenager and coming out just let me put all of that aside and give back all of that love in the most rewarding decision that I've ever ever made <laughs> yeah that's the lovely Eleanor Cruz her graphic memoir the times I knew I was gay is out now and it would be remiss of me wouldn't it to plug someone else's book without giving ours a mention A huge thank you to all of you who've already bought Coming Out Stories, edited by me, Emma Goswell, and Sam Walker. It's been an overwhelming last month or two. We've had so many wonderful reviews online and on social media. You can get your copy from, well, all good bookshops. Uh, But why not support an LGBT bookshop like maybe the iconic Gaze the Word or maybe the new kids on the block, queerlit.co.uk. That's Manchester's newest independent bookshop. Well, next episode, you'll hear from Claire. She's a trans woman who had to come out to her ex-wife and her teenage daughter. We had this conversation where it basically boiled down to, I'm still your dad, I'm still here for you, I've not changed inside. And she said, yeah, I just get it now, I just get it.